Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I'm already um, blushing and turning red. I feel hot inside <laughs> uh, because today we have with us the not only one of my hero writers, uh, Gary Thomas. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe I'm saying that because I devoured his writing for years and years when I wanted to be a writer. Now I am a published author. Thank you. But I studied his writing, particularly his book, Sacred Pathways. It came in a time in my life when I uh, needed to know that there were many different ways. Nine particularly is what he deals with, um, pathways to God. And uh, I applaud him for writing that book back in the day, you said 1996, Gary, when the contemplative practices were even less open to uh, our evangelical world. But today, Gary, welcome. First, welcome. Thank you for Thank honoring you, us. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Just can't even believe you're sitting there. And so today, Gary is coming to talk to us. Okay, are you ready? I think it deserves a drum roll. This is going to be very new for my audience, although we will be approaching subjects that need to be talked about because in my private practice, I absolutely talk uh, freely and openly. Sometimes I sit there and go, how did I get here? How did I suddenly become a sex therapist? Um but I am. And so I wanted to bring Gary in his new book, Married Sex, a Christian couple's guide to reimagining, and I love that word, your love life. Co-authored with Deborah, and correct me if I'm wrong, Philada? Philita? Perfect. Perfect. You got it the first time. Philada. Philada. Okay. Yes. Awesome. And she's a licensed professional counselor. And Gary is just, the, I'm like, you've been it all. I mean, you've, you're author, you've been pastor, you've been so many things. And so you bring to us a breadth and depth of experience of working with couples and working with folks. And uh, Gary, I, I didn't mention this before, but this, my journey and understanding and probably coming to where I am today, as far as the work I do with couples in the realm of sex therapy or sex, you know, figuring life out. And uh, I did a women's conference at a college, uh, an inner varsity conference. And there were over 400 young women at this conference. And it was after my first book. But when I, when it was all over, there was just a line of young women waiting mm -hmm. a line and it, they waited like they didn't, they waited a long, long time. Some even went and sat in a corner and said, I'm not leaving until I can talk to her. And they just were weeping and weeping and weeping. These are young, mm -hmm. beautiful, collegiate Christian young women. And they they said, I, I had oral sex. I never thought I would do that. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? And I can remember I had young teenage girls and a son at that time. I'm getting hot talking about it. And I'm just trying to have no, like, okay, sweetie, just talk to me, you know, go ahead. 
talk to me. And that was like my introduction to going, there is something horribly wrong with the way we are handling this, not only myself as a parent of teens at that time, but how we're handling the subject matter of sex uh, and intimacy and sex in the church. So, you know, Gary, why did, first and foremost, why did you partner with Deborah uh, to write the book, co-author the book? I'm curious. Can, can I go back to what you just said? And then I'm yes. eager to answer that question because I think yes, what you said is really significant, Janelle, and profound and to go forward. When I look at the New Testament and when Paul t- talks at 1 Thessalonians 4 against sexual immorality, mm-hmm. he has this key phrase and that no one would sin against their brother or sister in this way. Oh. Paul talked about sexual purity as don't hurt other people. Right. We've defined it as you will be ruined if you do this. That is it's not what the, the Bible truth. says. It, that that doesn't right. fit with God's grace. It doesn't fit with God's redemption. It doesn't fit with God's healing. It's that Paul was saying, look, I don't want the community torn apart by people sexually hurting each other. It's an entirely different focus. Mm. And often women who may have been coerced into that Mm -hmm. then feel ruined instead of sinned against. I sure did. The the problem is in in God's view, they they were victimized. They weren't ruined. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I just don't want to go over that because it, it I don't want you my to. heart to hear stories like that. So, well, it was uh, heartbreaking. It was heart wrenching. Yeah. And I literally, it was, it was one after the other. Yeah, I know. And then yeah. when I got home, cause I had shared my testimony, uh, a very similar one. And I was sitting at my table at that time. I was writing a teach a writing teacher for um, junior high and high school students. I was rate, grading papers. I was pretty exhausted from the conference, obviously. But my phone rang because I gave 400 and some girls my phone number. I don't know what I was thinking at the time. I was just so, I have to help you. And so a girl called and she was like, uh, is this Janelle? And I guess it is. And she's weeping. And she's like, uh, I, I'm in your tight spot. I'm in the same place. I think I'm pregnant. He's on his way over. It was one time. I didn't want to do it. Why did I do it? I had pledged myself to purity. I don't know why I did it. I'm like, okay, girl. All right. Here's your moment. Here's your moment. She said, he's here. Can I call you back? And I'm like, I'm not moving. I'm praying. I'm here for you. I'm holding. I didn't say holding space then because it's not what we said yeah. back then, but I did. And she called back. She said, well, I'm, I'm not pregnant. I said, okay. So then here you go. Here you go. So yeah, it it really wrecked me. But at the time, I, I did start writing a a book about it. But then I got nervous, and I thought if I write this, if I broach the subject, mm, I'm not sure I'll be received very well. Yeah, I chickened out well, at that time. See, and th- this is part of why I was eager to talk mm-hmm. with you. I'm honored that you would have me because I know you've worked with real people and real people. real people. Mm-hmm. And with this issue, sometimes it's the issue that you use where people are just talking about it theoretically and when yes. you look in the eyes of couples and really want to help it's just different it's yesterday one of the i wanted to work with deborah so i'll finally go back to answering yes. the question a, a number of national marriage ministry leaders you know will have text messages or email threads i don't remember which one it was mm-hmm. but one of them were just asking what's the next book that we could read for evangelical couples on sex and the, the issues they were facing you know there's some very good ones out there Mm-hmm. That a lot of the ones that were used in the past were getting a bit dated. Right. One of the more popular yes. ones just had very male-centric kind of locker room language. 
mm-hmm. that the guys would relate to and the wives mm-hmm. would say, how come you're making this read this? And they said, Gary, we think you're the person that can do this. You know, we've written Sacred Marriage and these others. And but I didn't think the time was right, Janelle, for a a white man to tell Christians. Gary. (laughs) Right. So so, um, I was praying about it, and I've been long admired the works of Deborah Faleda, full-blooded Egyptian, younger woman, married 15 years. A licensed counselor. She's amazing, and and I loved her books, and I thought, well, this is perfect because I, 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 as one who'd been married thirty five years at the time, I can talk to older couples and older issues. Deborah and Jonathan had been married just under fifteen yes. years when we started this, and so they could talk to younger couples. She can give the wife's perspective. I can give the husband's perspective. Mm-hmm. She can give the counselor's perspective. Yeah, I can put in some of the theology and the pastoral perspective, mm-hmm. and it just really. For me, it was a match made in, in heaven. heaven. I thought Deborah did a brilliant job on she the did. chapters. I was glad that she was able to write some of the things that I didn't have to write. <laughs> Your body is a wonderland. When she yes. said she took that chapter, I'm like, yes, yes. thank you very much. Um, and, I, and, and she helped me refine my own words. Well, this is how wives will receive it. This is how wives will write that. We knew that writing a book at this day and age 2022 mm-hmm. on sex and came out in 2021 that there would be a lot of of pushback for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons and so yeah. it was just really going into it together how do we stay true to scripture but how do we yeah. be courageous and how do we write a book that's helpful um, and it was really and yet evergreen as well right yeah well thank you and it was really to i think there there are five blocks to bedroom intimacy it can, okay. I don't know if you can go there. Go there. I haven't this said is this fantastic. Another podcast yet, but this is really, and this is where we wanted the book. To I work. want to take notes. But okay. okay. <laughs> the, the first block is really theological repression. People think that God isn't pro-sex or he's so into no sex that you, you shouldn't mm-hmm. do it. And so you oh, start yeah. off with the Song of Songs. And also we make the case, Song of Songs 1-2 begins with the wife saying, your love is better than wine. You have was, got, I have this down in my notes. When I read it, I was like, number one, I didn't drink wine. I was a teetotaler because I was my, raised with an alcoholic. Yeah. And then I, I drank my way through three years of college before wow. I became a Christian, my senior year at that school that I spoke at. And it was the thought that I was pregnant that led me to Christ for sure. And uh, scared me half to death. But anyway, you know, then I came out as a teetotaler and then I started going to a Protestant church where they drank wine. And I was like, okay, you know, so I thought now you're broaching two subjects to me that can be a bit full of tension. So talk to me. I well, think the, this is amazing. The, the reason that's important is this. I, go back 3000 years. Yes. And think about how many pleasures a woman living in the desert didn't have. A lot of responsibilities, no play. They didn't wake up to a caramel macchiato or no, green matcha. They didn't even have Folgers, right? They, <laughs> they had nothing. They didn't have dark chocolate in the afternoon. Oh, what a pity. Imagine my wife's life without dark chocolate. There was no air conditioning. There was no, in the evening, real housewives of Jerusalem to chill out. I mean, really, there was one pleasure a woman had, and that was wine. And so a woman here is saying to what people would have read 3,000 years ago, the one real pleasure women could claim 
that men would allow them to have. She's saying it's not as good as making love to my husband. She says your love is better than wine. In Hebrew, that's dod, D-O-D. Mm-hmm. It refers to physical love. It's not romantic love. It's not Hallmark movie love. It's no. what happens after the Hallmark movie ends. So, um, so if you go over the lifetime. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's all about the, the theological understanding is that God says sex is for the woman too, not just for the man. God mm-hmm. celebrates song of songs. Just the title alone elevates the sexual experience in God's eyes. I was shocked going through the Song of Songs again, how practical it is, Mm, how explicit and helpful it is. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the first block is getting over the theological thing. God doesn't have a promise. He celebrates sex and he points us toward Mm. sex. It will free up a lot of men to know that, that a man simmers for his wife. You know, therapists, you know, the sex. What a great word. It's but so on good. sexual simmering, which is a big thing now. Sexual simmering. Why do I not know that? They're modeled by a husband and a wife 3,000 years ago in the song song. The husband is just thinking about his wife. The yes. wife is thinking about her husband. And guys are so worried about lusting, which look, mm. lusting after a woman, mm-hmm. huge problem. Yes. Meditating on the sexually desirable parts of your wife, biblically prescribed mm. to get yourself in the mood. And and it, mm-hmm. it's freed me up, Janelle, because I'm at a stage just to listen. You're going to release my husband me. into just lavish yeah. wildness. This is awesome. Sorry. This but, is great. But I, I'm going to say, where Lisa and I, you know, people talk about different libidos. Ours has been fairly well matched throughout our marriage. It hasn't been a power struggle or whatnot. Mm. And sometimes I, I'm a morning person to a fault. I, mm-hmm. I usually wake up the first numbers of four. Um, I just Yikes. can't sleep later. And so I get tired really early. And it'd been a couple of nights where we're putting it off. And my wife finally came into my office one time and says, okay, Gary, we're having sex tonight at 930 and it's not an option. So get yourself ready. And I, I appreciated it. Janelle, oh, Lisa, so many people, so many women would be like, <laughs> but, but I know it's different for a husband to hear that. I, I, I it is that. very but different. Yeah. A hundred percent different. But the, what she was telling me is don't lay down and watch television at 845. So you're going to no. be too tired at 930. Get Fuck it up, in your baby. Mind. And so simmering. Okay. You need, your wife wants you. You need to be there. Start simmering. It's a biblical practice. And yes. so um, mm-hmm. I, I got that from the Bible. So theological, theological oppression. oppression. You said oppression. Uh, repression. 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 I, I, okay. I like uh, that. Misunderstanding. I, I probably... Some of this is off the top of my head. I could be no, I love it better, but I love it. But theological mm-hmm. misunderstanding for sure. Thank you. Thank you. No, right. no freedom. It's not, right. it's, it's too much. It's like Rebecca and Isaac laughing and, you know, playing. It's like, what? No, they didn't know. They didn't really do that. Yeah. Okay. The, the second one's right up your alley that you could speak to better than I can. And that's, that's psychological yes. barriers. If yes. there's trauma in the background, mm-hmm. if there's betrayal in the background, yep. um, you can't tell a woman who's been betrayed by her husband, you need to sleep with him so that he doesn't sin again mm-hmm. when she hasn't dealt with the trauma. I mean, that oh, itself oh, is abuse. Um, oh, so oh, Gary, please just everyone just take a pause and lean in there because yeah, she's been betrayed by this man. And now you're telling her to sleep with him when yes. she hasn't dealt with that. And that that's just um, it's horrific to, to suggest Mike start crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the past, writers and speakers like me have been more concerned about helping men not fall 
than recognizing yes. the the depths of betrayal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my eyes were open when I talked to counselors that would say, Gary, even, and I don't even, I'm not minimizing it, but about mm-hmm. 35% of wives who find out their husbands are looking at porn have legitimate PTSD. They're going to have to deal I, with is that. that. That seems low to me. Well, my, maybe with my is. work anyway, it's like okay. just it, the way that that's given a slap on the hand and yeah. that, and I am pretty fierce with it. So I get, let people, let clients know right from the get go, you know, I'm not going to yeah. be like, Oh, yeah. you know, no, because it's, it's debilitating to a female. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. So thank you, you for bringing that up. Theologically free, psychologically free. And then this is, and, and Deborah could help with the psychological engine. She really helped with relational blocks. Yes. There are mm-hmm. a lot of issues in marriage that aren't sexual issues. They're relational mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. If there is control, if there's mm-hmm. manipulation, if there's bitterness, if there's a lack of right. anger is a big thing, Rage. a real problem. Mm-hmm. Um, those are relational issues. And Deborah has a chapter. Is this a relational mm-hmm. issue or a sexual issue? And again, as a counselor, I'm so happy about that. Yes. She can help people deal with that because, yeah. again, sex is best done as a healthy expression of your relationship. And sometimes you got to fix the relationship before you can get to sex. Oh my gosh. Say it again, please, <laughs> please. Oh my gosh. Well, you just, you do. I mean, you need a strong relationship. <sighs> great sex can't sustain a relationship, Mm-mm. but a great relationship often leads to, to great sex. Um, and better. And the better reality better. is the freer you get. Yeah. 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 I interrupted you. Go no, ahead. well, I, I go on too much. This is a problem. No, this is so good. <laughs> So we've got the theological issues, the psychological issue, the relational issues, and, and here are the two, the physical issues. Yes. Sex is a physical act. It is. Like playing tennis, mm-hmm. like playing golf or ballet or something where mm-hmm. there's certain things you, you have to do. And, and Deborah was yeah. amazed at how so many couples, not just the guy, but even the woman wouldn't even know the name of the female sexual organ or necessarily where oh, it was. Oh my goodness. What to deal with. And and it shocked me uh, when she was telling me about some of what she deals with. Now, look, she she's out in, in Pennsylvania. Okay, um, she's close to me. Her, That's right. Her church, get this, her <laughs> church is in Intercourse, Pennsylvania. No, so, where my kids and they were up. young. <laughs> and they were like, um, intercourse Pennsylvania we're like oh what an interest yes I'm just praying to God that they were like what's intercourse they were young (laughs) so it's yeah and it's uh actually maybe I've got that wrong it's in the Lancaster area it is like actually in 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 intercourse but it's in that area yeah yeah um that's so so funny but they're just physical things that men need to know that women need to know the men need to know about a woman's body and and one of the things I got into with that was just some of the, the brain science, helping guys understand, hey, did mm-hmm. you know a woman's skin is up to 10 times more sensitive than a man's, mm. which just explains a lot of issues. It's why women might feel like a husband's touch is too forceful. Yes. And a husband might feel like a woman's touch is too light. That's why correct. women tend to like or play more. It, it mm-hmm. often feels better. Mm-hmm. These are all stereotypes. And we oh, yeah. stress. I'm like, rub my arm. Go ahead. You can do great damage if you treat your husband like most husbands like to be treated. If that's not how your husband likes to be treated, yes. you say to husbands, don't treat your wife like most wives like to be treated. That's not how like she likes to be treated. But it's helpful to know basic differences mm-hmm. um, between men and women for things like that. That initial sexual arousal for men mm-hmm. tends to be far more in the limbic portion of the brain. It's why mm-hmm. we're more geared towards sight. 
yes. um, even smell, things like that. Mm-hmm. For women, when you talk about That's sexual crazy. arousal, it's often from the neocortex. It's the quality mm-hmm. of the relationship. Oh, for the sure. Intimacy. Been kind. Mm-hmm. If he's said encouraging Thoughtful. words, mm-hmm. he's a good father. He unloads the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and, 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 but, you know, guys, again, it's helpful for guys. Guys think, you know, even if I'm frustrated with the relationship, my wife walks in in a beautiful piece of lingerie. Mm. I'm, I'm good to go. Oh, so easy. Right. But guys, if your wife is frustrated with you and you walk into the bedroom with a leopard mm-hmm. skin thong, don't expect that <laughs> to scare things around. <laughs> I can see your face. I mean, that's, People deny oh, it's hysterical. men and women. Because and it's think, so true. You're like, dude, that is not going to help. But, but we've been we've been so ridiculed just by suggesting there's a difference between men and women. It's why it's perilous to talk about it. So so we got the four things. Let me go to the fifth. So we've got the theological. Okay, you're really good at keeping on track. I'm so happy you are. The, <laughs> the psychological blocks, the relational blocks, the physical blocks. Mm-hmm. And the fifth one, and this might be true for a lot of your listeners, just the creative blocks. You could call them uh-huh. the boredom blocks. Yes. They've been married for a long time, having sex Ruts. for 10, 15, 20 years. Yes. And they feel like, ah, it's nothing new. So what we were able to do. Right. We, we polled or interviewed over a thousand couples. Oh, fantastic. And we just gleaned so many anecdotes and stories because it wouldn't be appropriate for small groups to meet and one husband or wife to say, you wouldn't believe what we did on Friday night. <laughs> Man, my wife, it was just, you know, we, we don't need to know that. But in an anonymous way, changing mm-hmm. the names, changing the yes. names. Our lawyers made us change every name. Uh-huh. The stories are all yes. true. None of the names are except for mine and Deborah's. Um, e- even though people gave us permission, the lawyer said, no, nope, not going to do that. So, no, no, not anymore. Something's going on there. I know. But I had to have it, just, all, yeah. it just gives a lot of creative ideas where couples said, boy, this was really helpful for us. We could share it. Now, I, I yeah. do want to tell your listeners, Janelle, because of those stories, mm. this book became more explicit than I thought it mm-hmm. would. Yes, it um, is. I'm recounting what couples do. I I don't believe mm-hmm. it, it's pornographic. No, read porn. So I no. uh, but I wouldn't know either. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, it and we don't. It's not salacious where you're describing mm-hmm. it. Like I imagine you would see in those kind of novels. But it does kind of set up. This is what a hu- wife did. This is what a husband. Some of them are really sweet. There's a mm-hmm. wife who uh, we, we talk about the power of the sense of smell and memory being connected. Mm-hmm. And she um, puts on the same perfume that she wore on her wedding night That's on every it. anniversary. My, am I and did it, it this past weekend. Back. I'm going to let you know. And my husband was like, <laughs> what am I smelling? I'm like, yeah. you know exactly what you're smelling. Yeah. You know, it's so fun. It was like, yeah. and if I spray it and he doesn't, I'm like, hello, <laughs> <laughs> this is wake up or- the senses. Yeah. I or the that. power of the power of sound to simmer. Yes. One wife shared how she has a number of songs. Her and her husband like to listen to music while they make love. And there's a number of songs that she has literally climaxed to. Yeah. And if she knows, okay, tonight's the night we're going to yes. have sex. Mm-hmm. She's still a mom. She's getting the kids. So while she's heating up Aww. macaroni and cheese, she's, she's playing like, these songs. Yes. Good girl. The kids have no idea that she's no. heating up herself as well as the macaroni and cheese. So, I mean, these are just practical. That's so fun, though. That's such a hidden, you talk about a hidden language, 
you know, the little, the little hidden language, the looks across the room, all of those kind of things. I just, that is so, that to me is what I, I try to bring to the couples as far as that's what, that's really what you're after. Is that so, and now, some get more explicit. Some people say, yeah, tell the story of the one, um, choose your own adventure. We talk about how different positions. Yeah. I haven't read that front to back. Have a My whole different sure climate because sometimes it was what I love about married sex. I'm speaking about the app, not the book. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's intense. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's sensual. Sometimes it's athletic. Sometimes it's just, you know, explode, just quickies. I, th- there's so many different kinds. We just talk about how different positions yes. speak something different into the relationship. It's good to laugh. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's good to get lost in each other's eyes. Sometimes it's good just to pleasure each other. And so it opens okay. up with the story of a wife who comes in and drops her towel and sits down between her husband's leg with her back against his chest. And they ended up, that that's where they had foreplay. It's where they ended up having sex. And, mm-hmm. and the story is the husband is saying it happened by accident, mm. but it felt so different. And different. He said, I've been making love to this woman. I, I forget that couple 15 mm-hmm. years or something like that. He yeah. goes, but, and it was an accident. He goes, but why mm. don't we think about that now and then? The, well, pray for that. to be an like, accident. We can pray. choose. Yeah. And, and pray for that. Like I, I like, I do a lot of intention work, a lot of affirmation work, a lot of speaking, healing words into the atmosphere, you know, and I know a lot of people, okay, you know, manifestation, all that, but it's in the scripture. Christ manifests his glory through our intimacy, you know? Okay. You have to, I have to tell you, you have to talk about in Getty sex. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I have my book open to it because I just didn't want to forget because this yeah. story on page 133 of married sex, I wanted you to, I was going to read it, but I want you to tell, this is so good. This is, you can read it or tell it. I don't care. But I thought, wait a minute. When I was looking, I thought, is it okay. in yes. Jedi? I, I, is it Jedi sex? I was like, is it Jedi? <laughs> and I was, oh no, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. It's spelled with a G. I could see how you get the Jedi. Yeah. That makes sense. Just People don't know what you're talking about. Well, here's here's where it came from. Um, you know, I've written a lot about yeah. the challenges and difficulties of marriage, sacred marriage. Yes. Stuff that was one of the best books ever. To make us holy more than to make us happy. I've been very open and honest that marriage isn't always easy. I don't think nope. any marriage mm-hmm. is completely easy. Every marriage has its challenge. Mm-hmm. But there's this in Getty. In Getty is <laughs> a um, an oasis. Um, in, in the in the desert, the Bible speaks of in, in in the Song of Songs, and an oasis makes living in a desert possible. Yeah. It doesn't take you out of the desert. You go to the oasis, and then you got to travel back to the desert. But those little oasis stops, mm-hmm. you get refreshed, you get renewed, yeah. you get nourished. And I kind of think sex is like that in Getty experience, an oasis mm-hmm. in the midst of a desert. I love this so imagery. I, I love it. I, I open up with the story. Lisa and I lived in a very small rented home. It's actually where I wrote Sacred Marriage in our oh, wow. bedroom. We didn't have room really? enough for an office. We had three kids. Um, and it's been a while since I've read it. Be quiet because I would, I would didn't want to wake up Lisa with my my computer um, right. back then. Um, and um, but we had small kids and there was one night where we were just going to a hotel to have, it was a sex date, basically. This is be- this best. And I just remember as a young man, I was just so excited. 
I didn't want to be any, and nobody knew I'm driving out. I'm going to get to be with my wife and we don't have to worry about sounds. Nobody's going to knock on the door at exactly the wrong moment. Uh, my wife doesn't have to worry about muffling her, her voice. Uh, I don't have to worry. Oh, about no, you didn't say it that way. Let me write the way that. you said it. Uh, let's see. Um, but none of that mattered in the moment. It was intense. I was going to have sex with my wife in a hotel. We wouldn't have to be quiet. Lisa wouldn't have to bite a pillow. <laughs> yes. Okay. There we go. And, and so oh, we, great. <laughs> so we were driving there and, and I mentioned in there, um, I don't know, remember what happened in that room. Uh, and if I did, I wouldn't tell people. Deborah and I yeah. really don't share much at all. That's why we interviewed so many couples. We don't share much at all about our own. But what I, I, I remember two things. I remember the anticipation. <sighs> we didn't have much money at all. I was frustrated as a writer. You, we, we talked about this before we got on Janelle, that my first three books were just, you know, they, they, they couldn't buy us a new, a new car today. Um, yeah. So. Um, Amazing. But this was an Engedi experience where we could just enjoy each other. The second thing I remember, and I, I tell this in a, in a different context when we had to really work to have sex on a cruise ship. Um, oh, the kids were young okay. and our two daughters stayed in the cabin with us. Oh, boy. Yes. And the oh, cruise yes. lines give your kids key cards. Right? So you can't oh. walk them out. Oh, and, oh, and they're sleeping in the room with us. And they were just a little too old for us to pretend that they would just sleep through or maybe not figure it out. Yes. And so we've gone the whole week of this oh, romantic <laughs> vacation, right? You take off and the sun is setting in Miami. They're playing reggae music. Everybody's in beach clothes. It, it's just you want to be romantic one time. So it's the last full day of the cruise. And we wanted to act like a married couple at least one time. And so my wife, who is a very healthy eater, wouldn't normally do this, but there was one restaurant called Johnny Rockets. That oh, had yeah. Wine. Johnny Rockets, man. Good. Hamburgers, good. hot dogs, uh -huh. milkshakes. And so we got in line and I said, now, kids, your mother and father have an errand to run. Oh, this is <laughs> so classic. I, this is so classic. We've done this so many times. And I, I said, I just want to make it clear. You will not leave this line until we're back. Yeah, and it, Okay. I said, now, if you get to the front of the line, I want you to go ahead and sit down and order. Because if you go up that staircase to find us, we might be coming up the other staircase. Oh, Aren't brilliant. we all really hungry? So just want to make sure. I said, okay. I thought for a second. I said, now, if you finish your meal. <laughs> you cover all the bases. <laughs> you, you, you can get a, a root beer float. You can get a Vanessa. I said, I will buy you this boat. <laughs> you just promised me you were going to stay here. And it's the same thing, Janelle, where I don't remember what happened and if yeah. i did i wouldn't say it but here's what i remember yeah. that night yeah at the dinner they have on the cruise ships the smiles that lisa and i shared yeah now yeah. we're happy to be with our kids because they're not yes. apart we're both satisfied <laughs> yes. happy to be but we look at each other like nobody knows nobody you knows it's just it's such, that sweet it's so intimacy. <clears throat> yeah the privacy the so sweet. The pleasure. Sacredness. Had a great time. Mm -hmm. We figured it out. Yes. It was like accomplishment. <laughs> and, and that's what I think we want to create with this book. We just want to create those smiles between husbands mm -hmm. and wives oh. to anticipate as an oasis 
and then to remember and what mm-hmm. that does where even, and this might sound scandalous to some, but a couple mm-hmm. sitting in church on Sunday, and I said, this one who preaches a lot of Sundays, can you believe what we did Saturday night, <laughs> Friday night, even a slow Sunday? Those are wonderful, yes. private, sacred, yes. marital moments that pleases God, that draws a couple together, yeah. that fortifies their household. It renews their affection oh. for each other. You got time out. Yeah. Time out, Gary, because two things. Um, pleasing God was the massive hurdle I had to get over, like you talked about in the beginning. Okay. Giving yourself the permission to have the freedom to live out Song of Songs. Yes. Um, and then second, it fortifies the home. And yes. that's where I've yes. had the table. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I remember, I think it was before we, we, we started recording, you talked about Chuck Swindoll, but I remember him. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Pastor Chuck, you can look him up. But he used to say, whatever happens in the boardroom happens in the bedroom. Whatever happens in the bedroom shows up in the boardroom. Huh. I will never forget hearing him say that when I was a new bride, some 35, we've been married 37, so 36 years ago. And I remember listening to him at 1030 on the radio. And he said, whatever happens in the bedroom shows up in the boardroom. And I was kind of, you know, doing some staff work at the church. And I thought, what did he just say? (laughs) That's scandalous. Like back in the day, I was like, wow. So I just want to reiterate that, that it, it is something, what you're bringing to the table, Gary, and I love sacred marriage so much, but this is even more um, practical in a sense, you know, kind of sacred marriage is fundamental and principle. Like we need to have, be concentrated on holy and then happy, you know, and that's something that I've experienced. And I experienced early on that if I make that sexual intimacy a priority in my marriage with my husband. He will actually hear me better. He will, will actually communicate better. And I can't stress that enough that it just makes everything better. It's the Holy of Holies. It is that sacred ground. It is that place. Well, I can't let you go. I, I have a whole page that we have not even gotten to, but that is just fine, okay. Mr. Gary Thomas. Um, I did want you to share the story of Jocelyn. You don't have to, but I think that this is such, I want to give women, if you remember Jocelyn, she walks into a Bible study. It's right in the beginning of the book. I, I can give you, I don't Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yes. Because <laughs> I was at a retreat, a women's retreat this is- one year <laughs> Someone was going through the alphabet of what makes a good marriage and they got to the S and it was a huge. And I said, sex, sex and more (laughs) sex. And everyone went, oh, and I went, I just said that out loud. And I was not free back like I am today. I don't even know. But every woman afterwards was like, will you talk more about this? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay. So Jocelyn. Jocelyn um, and Danny, really sweet couple. And she hadn't been married that long. And she became a Christian and she was going to her first women's Bible study. Okay, that's important. First women's Bible study. And they were talking and she just became alarmed um, because Mm -hmm. she just heard these wives really 
ragging on their husbands. And then one of them said, and the worst is that when I come into the bedroom at night and I'm wearing a robe and I got a novel in my hands and he thinks I might be interested in sex. And she said, honey, this robe is your message. The store is closed. Um, and she just spoke up spontaneously and said, um, Danny and I have a strict no clothes in bed policy. We sleep naked. Everybody stopped. Like she just said something. I would give anything in the world to have been in that, in that circle. And then she said, and sex is always on the table. And she went and just said, look, I get a better night of sleep. It makes him feel so close to me. I enjoy it. Maybe you have to work at it to make it feel better. Yeah. She goes, why why would you not want to do that? She goes, look, I will put on a robe to make breakfast for my kids. Mm-hmm. I never put on a robe to tell my husband, don't even think Shops about closed. So she got a call the next morning <laughs> from the leader. <laughs> that just, you, you have so much to say. And we're just thinking maybe you should start your own Bible study. Basically, Unbelievable. don't come back Unbelievable. positively about sex. Um, and, and I know some people say, well, she, she is not a contentious woman at all she's not the kind that's going to be saying it and i'm not she's got Mm -hmm. a really sweet spirit sure um and and so yeah and but it was just it was a big message for her and my my whole point in the book is i started Mm -hmm. out when you go into the song of songs Mm -hmm. when the woman says i have no greater desire high higher joy in life than making love to my husband that i said you know jocelyn the one is the one who's acting like a biblical woman there and trying to tell other women yeah this can be really good. And I think their mm-hmm. marriage shows it just mm-hmm. when I've, I've spent some time with them mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. Now, let me say, Janelle, mm-hmm. that's been one of the attacks on this book. I, I described them sleeping naked. People don't need to know this, but Lisa and I don't sleep naked. No, never have. <laughs> but people act like I'm telling them because of this couple, I'm telling couples they have to sleep. Oh, we're naked. not saying any formula. There's never a formula. I, if you don't want to sleep naked, don't sleep. If don't you sleep wanna, naked. I, if you want to sleep with a hoodie, sleep with a I mean, I wouldn't even think to <laughs> but the point is this book is filled with questions more than answers. It's it's filled with testimonies more than prescriptions. This is what this couple found is helpful. This is what this mm-hmm. couple and maybe you could ask, what, what what might this do for you? Stressing, and this is so important in your field, mm-hmm. stressing that the heart of intimacy is safety. Thank you. Oh, that's worth If yes. your spouse feels yes. betrayed or mm-hmm. threatened, sex isn't the issue. Okay, then no. you got to deal with safety and betrayal. Trust and security. And right. security mm-hmm. are essential. Mm-hmm. And, and Jocelyn talks about this, the, the ability mm-hmm. to let go for her yes. to climax. To feel, she yeah. had to learn to let go. Well, you don't want to tell a woman in an abusive marriage to no. let go. That's no, dangerous. she doesn't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and she shouldn't and, and, and she she can't. So you've got to deal with the security issues and certainly mm-hmm. not talking about abusive issues before you can. Get no, we're not. That place. No. No. And I think um, if if and when we can get Deborah when she has some open space, because I know that she's got some serious projects that she's working on gratefully. I'm so grateful to hear more from Deborah. Um, but attachment, secure attachment, attachment theory plays a very big part. And so that is a huge initiative in my work. And I think that's what unfolded as I began to work with people with anxious attachment, insecure attachment, ambivalent attachment. 
they that's what how it unfolded. What they just were not able, you know, they could have sex, right? Up to a point, and then it was like, I can't give any more of my body away. I just can't do any more. Um, so but that's how it unfolds that you you the being intimate involves being safe. Yes. And attachment is being seen, safe, secure, heard, all of those things. So I have plenty on the podcast that uh, we can point you to when, if in fact you have any of those issues that Gary and I have brought up as far as hindrances to freedom, sexual intimacy. I have had them uh, for sure. And I am so thankful for this book. I, I have one last a uh, difficult question, actually, Gary, if you don't mind, we've laughed sure. a lot, but, and I'm keeping you and I want to be able to honor your time. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. But I have, a, I have many couples that I work with and I promised them, I said, oh my gosh, I'm having Gary on and he's amazing. And his new book and they're, you know, your book is now a part of my arsenal to help uh, married couples and even premarital. Uh, but uh, what would you say, how would you advise of theologically, psychologically, all of the things, a couple who say work really well together, they're co-parenting basically, um, but through the years, and, and it has involved some attachment issues and some other things, some trauma-informed issues, but even as those heal, when you have gotten out of touch, out of the habit, and perhaps they're sleeping in separate separate bedrooms now, um, where would you start, you know, how, I mean, any practical tips, does that start with t- a touch with yeah. any, any practical tips? Yeah. Um, a, a couple things I'd say, again, we're assuming as you laid the groundwork that trail has been worked through. It's appropriate yeah. for the relationship to continue. It's appropriate for them. That's to correct. Be physically in the safe again and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think one of the greatest hindrances in the culture today and in the church is that sex equals intercourse. And that might be too much for a couple that's just getting started. Without a doubt. They can't even be in the same room together at this point because they don't feel safe for perhaps things that have happened up to this point or even the trauma from their childhood that is now coming to the surface because Christ loves them and he wants them to be free. But then how then do you get to feel safe? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that look, we do the same thing with newlywed or premarital couples. Mm -hmm. We explain to them that a lot of times there can be time spent on the honeymoon where you're taking penetrative intercourse off the table and you're getting used to being naked together. You're getting used to touching each other. You're caressing each other. And I said, look, especially to the guy. I don't mean to be sexist here, but just enjoy the journey. Yes. Not the end. Thank you. The journey, God made the journey very, very pleasurable. So Mm. it's not just about getting across the finish line. It's Mm -hmm. about, wow, look out the window, you know, enjoy the sights. Um, Yes. Take a rest stop. (laughs) It's where I would I would start whether it's whether it's back rubs, whether it's hand holding, whether it's kissing fully clothed, whether it's just mm-hmm. being together, whether you know it might be life saying, 
I, I can't have you come in me tonight, but I want us to cuddle. I want us to hold each mm-hmm. other. I want us yes. to, if, if the husband knows that ahead of time, mm-hmm. he can go in. And so I would just say, mm-hmm. do what you can. I'm, I'm finishing up a book where a husband just gives an amazing testimony. Oh, you yes, are reading yes. it? You gave your no, list, but oh, oh. Writing it. Oh. Um, it comes out in October. It's no, called Making Gary. the Marriage a Fortress, and it deals with couples dealing with difficult issues. But th- this, this is, is a couple- fantastic. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a couple where, um, and you know, this is a writer, Janelle. The book that you're working on is always the one. Oh, that's I know. Your mind. I know. Exactly. So his wife was drawn to him because he could bench press 400 pounds. Oh, Lord. Which if the wives aren't weightlifters, they don't sense, probably 200 pounds more than their husbands can yes. weight most of them. That's a lot of weight. That is a whole lot of weight. Three years into their marriage, he's diagnosed with MS. He's lived in a wheelchair now for over oh, a decade. No. Oh. Um, and w- here's what was so brilliant and so godly. And it's just stories of faith that make you want to cry mm-hmm. because of their courage, mm-hmm. that what they face together. And he wheels himself mm-hmm. up to the bed every night. And he, he can get himself in the bed, but he can't lift his legs up. His mm-hmm. wife, Stacy, has to come and lift his legs up. He says, but I don't let her put me in the bed. Because I can do that. And he says, I want to, he goes, physically, let's say I can only do 20% mm-hmm. of what I used to be able to do. He goes, but I'm going to do 100% of that 20%. Yes, that's beautiful. I'm going to do 100% of what of I'm able 20%. to do. And not. And I would say that people that are restarting their sex lives. I like that. Just because you say, I, we can't have full intercourse. So, okay, do 100% of what you're able to do. I, I talked to husbands that have... Um, prostate yes removed and then yes have sexual issues or wives mm-hmm. have certain issues that come up i said okay mm-hmm. do what you can mm-hmm. thank god mm-hmm. be generous and kind with each other don't ever i mean it would be no. so cool if stacy mm-hmm. made daryl feel broke it's the oh. reverse oh. he gets to tell her thank you she gets joy out of her thank you and i would say yeah. the same thing then with the sexual issues that mm-hmm. do a hundred percent of that twenty percent i love and don't that. worry about the eighty percent you can't do, and it will solve a lot of fights in this area too, Janelle. Because sometimes mm-hmm. the husband will want the wife to do something, or the wife will want the yes. husband to do something. Mm-hmm. And my response is, there are like, especially if you read this book, there are a thousand things you can do in bed. Mm-hmm. Are you going to really obsess over one thing? You can? thank you, Gary. Uh, now we're getting <laughs> spouse, now we're getting into it. So I, I think we just need to keep going. Now it. we're getting real. Yeah, I mean, don't <laughs> don't. I mean, don't don't paint your bedroom mm-hmm. with disappointment. Oh, gosh. Uh, and wow. because of one thing that is often picked up from unhealthy places anyway. So, um, yeah, Powerful. just that, that starting your sex life me. is your next book. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we might, I mean, Deborah and I have thought wow. together, seeing how this book does and how it's received. Um, I mm. think there's a great book to be written for premarital couples. Oh yeah. For em- empty nesters later in life. Mm. Oh yes. Aging. Yep. Yeah. Restarting um, your sex life is, is a huge, that's, I, I'm at least can I at least borrow that to blog on or to use in a workshop? Yeah. Because yeah. that is exactly where I sit in my practice with many couples. Yes. Yeah. And that's the that's truth. Great. And they're yeah. sitting in the pews yeah. of our churches. So Gary, wow. Just the tip of the iceberg, but it was so fabulous. So thank, thank you, you so much, you I guys. So looking oh. forward to talking with you and like writing with Deborah, this exceeded my expectations. I can oh, tell good. that we're uh Brother and sister in Christ. That's what we I just are. kept telling Deborah that it's it's um 
it's a special thing when you're trying mm-hmm. to build the kingdom together, when you have the yes. same concern and passion mm-hmm. and, and God brings out the strengths of each mm-hmm. to bring it together. And yep. um, I, I just think it's a beautiful thing to be a part of the church, encouraging mm-hmm. each other, not competing, no. but lifting each other oh, up. And we can't do that anymore. Inside of each other to, to push the church mm-hmm. forward toward Christ. Because it's a multifaceted issue in, in many respects. And this is an issue. Sex, intimacy is an issue that is so heavy on uh, the hearts of couples who are struggling. And so yeah. you are giving voice to something so necessary. And I just wish you Godspeed in it. Thank you so just much. Wish you so much. Thank you, Thank you so Thank much. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.